0: This is Channel 253. In this episode of What Say You?
1: Like-minded is not skin color. Okay, we've got to know that. I mean, because we saw that at the public Republican Convention. So when you got that big old stereotype that all black people do this and all black people do that, get your mind right. And all white people are this way and all white people are that way. Get your mind right. It's the, the white supremacist system that we are all fighting.
0: Channel 253 is sponsored by Alaska Airlines. I'm Nate Bowling, and I fly Alaska. To book your next trip, go to alaskaair.com.
1: What say you? Real sisters. Real talk. What say you? down-to-earth conversations between sisters about life, work, family, and the pursuit of an anti-racist community. Hi, I'm Audrey. And I'm Melanie. What What say you? Sister, how are you? Sister Audrey, it's so good to see you and hear you. I'm great. Yeah, well, so am I. Mm-hmm. Because I am living my black liberated mind, you know? In in my black liberated mind. And so in these troubled times, I know when I'm saying I am great, but the world is not great. America certainly isn't great. Oh um, Lord. In in you... these troubled times. So um Yeah, last time we spoke to the listeners, I I, I told them that I checked myself into a Jesuit monastery, right, last time. Yes, Okay, so so the aftermath of all of that is I'm great because my mind is refreshed to really tackle this um, madness that we're living in. Well, you know what? I am great as well, and I didn't get the opportunity to go to a Jesuit monastery. Let me tell you (laughs) monastery let me, yeah monastery let me tell you what brought me to my greatness and my enlightenment and my um my lightness of heart as we speak today mm. and it is going to be the oddest thing to hear but it is my truth speak And that is the Republican National Convention. Clutch the pearls. Clutch the pearls. I watched that. I watched the whole thing. Okay, I couldn't stomach the whole thing. I watched every moment, every minute. And Doug and I were talking about this earlier. he was saying that he couldn't watch it. And I said, well, I made myself watch it Mm -hmm. because I wanted to see for myself and not hear about, you know, fake news and um, how things are distorted. And I wanted to... You wanted to experience it first source. Yes. And I came with the heart... Of looking through uh, trying to look through someone else's lenses. Okay, let me just look at this. I'm not I'm not talking about being Democrat or being Republican or being anything. I'm just looking at this. Being human. Just being human and let me see what I see and let me feel what I feel. And I tell you what, girl. I felt, and, and again, let me make it very clear, this is not about political parties. Because quite frankly, I would vote for a lizard. <laughs> if that lizard upheld our constitution, embraced all people as humans and equal and really had the heart of unification. I'd vote for a lizard. I would, with no change. Sign out in my front yard. Yeah. So, it's not even about that. And I can tell you what I saw was absolute hypocrisy lies and and what was scariest was the attempt at rewriting was- Rewriting, rewriting, whitewashing, rewriting the last four years and rewrite telling us that this person is not the person that he has shown us. I know. I know. Listen, when. um, okay, I'm going to say that I I applaud you, sister, for getting full information for uh, for us because I couldn't watch it all. Um, but then, in but then in all uh, transparency, I didn't watch all of the Democratic convention either. So I'm just going to put it like that. But the parts that I did watch, um, I kept. I, I couldn't help but put my uh, scholarly my scholarly hat on because I had just finished writing a paper about Black identity and the stages of Black identity development, right? And so then I was looking into um, intercultural development. And so as I'm watching this convention, my brain is going, okay, um, there's a whole lot of white people in here. I mean, a whole lot of white people. So now it's like monoculture, right? It's a monoculture. And so yep. then it's all the monoculture." Talking to each other. You know, they try to tell each other what they want to believe. And Amen. then uh, hold that, thought real, okay, quick. Okay, hold that okay. thought real quick. To that point. To that point, when that man said that he has done more for black Americans, for black people in America, than any other president you understand yeah i do i heard him, and the white people standing up clapping how you gonna clap on you not black i know i mean that goes back to what we've always said and uh hello listeners hello 253 we just jumped in and started talking but it's but you know that we have said this before like how you know? Just because you say that you have makes it so, what black person, uh, and, and I promise you, when he said that, I promise you, this is what I said. Because you know, we'd be at home by ourselves talking to the yep. TV, talking, to We're the talking TV. back to television. He said that. I said, who said? Who I said, I mean? "You said, said that you've done more? Because you ain't done, you know, I used to bleep, bleep for me. Oh my God. Oh you know? my God. Well bleep the bleep the bleep to the hell bleep the bleep. Well and and the visual of the white people clapping, clapping and applauding that spoke volumes. Yeah. It's, that it's re- oh, so now you going to tell oh I see how this works. Uh-huh this continues to work you get to tell us what he has done for us what people have done for us okay slaves let me yes. tell you what your master has done for you and we going step. you know what i actually had a visual too of willie lynch you know the letter to the slave the the uh slave convention they want to say that it's a myth or whatever but i still believe in it that um I, I, the willie lynch teaching Um, the slave masters, how to control the slaves, and it's really all about getting into your head and stuff. And so, yeah, girl, that was well, crazy. And speaking of getting into your head, there was a couple other things I wanted to point out. Okay, I okay, the consistent um parade of black people of the token black people. The the appalling, appalling and shameful spectacle of uh, swearing those people in as citizens. Oh, okay, okay, okay. This is a reality show production. Oh, absolutely. did you I mean, not know? The um. The but but what and what was even worse is that there are black people out there who allowed themselves to be pimped. Hersha Walker, my brother. Girl, can we just say bless his heart? Oh, bless his heart. I'ma say bless his heart to all the black people that allowed themselves to be pimped. Bless their hearts. All of them, all of them. The um, Kentucky Attorney General, my brother, you have control over bringing justice to Breonna Taylor's murder and you're on television espousing this racist. How do you lay your head down as a human, let alone simmer in your black skin? Because let me tell you something, brother you black. And I don't give a damn what you, you only as good as the last thing that you just did. You understand? You black. And all those white people that was at that convention, because you was in the whitest of the white, the creme de la, the creme de la white. Uh. You black. And it doesn't matter. And I, I it it was, but anyway, anyway. And girl, you went way there, didn't you? I was liberated. I was liberated we, in the sense of, okay. We were well, liberated last episode. That's what we said. Well episode. no, when I say when I say liberated, I you know, liberated in, oh my gosh, okay. I've looked at all sides, I've looked at all ways, I've seen from my own eyes, I've heard from my own ears. Um, and everything that I already knew, it was just, uh, it was just interesting to watch all of them in one place doing this thing that they think they're doing, which is, and they are for some, some people, the same people who love him are going to love him anyway. They're going to believe whatever he says. And then the same people that don't care, hopefully some of them will have seen this as the spectacle that it was. But at the end of the day, what I came away with is, oh, we're never going back. Change is here. Yeah. Change is here. Because we go back, if we go for... See, there's a lot at stake here, okay? And once again, it's going to be on the, on the backs of uh, Black people, okay? It's going to be that way because Black people are at the forefront of change. Now, because of our civil rights movement and accomplishments over time, other movements have had um, the opportunity to move forward and gain momentum in their rights. And so I'm just gonna say that here we are again at this point in history and changes here. And the beauty of it all is because all of us have struggled, all of the oppressed, the non white people, but even inside of saying white, and we start to examine class, for example, then you've got a whole nother structure um, of oppression. So, so now it's, the people of that mindset, so race and class and gender, we're all bonding together. Look, look at who's showing up at the protest marches and bringing their babies. And look at our Gen Z influences right now with Jaylene, who's talking to me about strategy for anti-racism, right? It's like, no, we ain't going back. No, we're not going back because all the people, we the people, are coming Beautiful. together. And that's why I feel like the the number one thing that we must stay mindful of is loving thy neighbor. Love thy neighbor. And so with a quest to love thy neighbor, that means you really are interested in getting to know your neighbor. Change is here, girl. I love that I love that topic. And we've got to invite everyone under the sound of our voice to understand that what was is not now. And what was will never be And it will never be again. So let us just like join forces and do this big collective imagining of what it is that we want to be, you know? And what do we want to be together? Two, five, three, what do we want to be as a community. And how do we get there? Because it's right now, I mean, even with the, um, what I'm really interested in is like this whole debate about defunding the police. Like that is a huge, huge um, departure from business as usual. Now don't get it twisted out there, uh, anybody that wants to be sensitive and have their panties in a bunch about the argument I said, it's a discussion we need to have, you know? Yeah. It's a discussion we need to have, you know? But I, I promise you somebody will run away and say, um, she's pro. Uh, don't listen to what say you. They want to defund the police. I heard it on their show. They don't support blue lives. Well, first of all, ain't no such thing as a damn blue life. Exactly. I said that the other day. Yeah, I always want to get us caught up in a trick bag. But yeah, no. change, mm-hmm. change is here. And part of that change white people is getting used to strong unapologetically black black people talking back. Yes. <laughs> you got to get you got to get used to that. You know, if you feel some kind of way in your belly, when you hear black people talk about being black and, and, you know, and no, we don't agree with you white folks. It's okay. It's gotta be like, we good. We can have an exchange of dialogue on, uh, uh, you know, in our mental minds and work towards, uh, liberation. And that's liberation for all of us because we all, all need to be free. Of this oppression and this capitalism, and oh, child, don't get me started. Go ahead, girl, what you say? Well, I was gonna say the, the, uh, the, um, at the root of everything is that this system that oppresses people of color has been in place for so long. And has been beneficial to so many white people, some even unaware of it. Many, many people are unaware of it. Exactly. So the biggest struggle is going to be for the white people. Yeah. Because just like you say, you got to get used to, you know, black people talking back and talking out loud about their experiences and such. And you got to get over the fact that first of all, as much as we talk about you, everything ain't about you. Mm-hmm. That's real. Now, if we call you, if somebody in your circle or some black person calls you racist, you might wanna delve into that further. Don't get to whining and crying and throwing up your defenses and all of that because we've existed this way for so long because the masses, the privileged masses Emotions are paper thin. Yeah. It can only exist like this when people want to come to the table and, well, tell me more about that. Mm -hmm. Well, girl, see, I just want to do a quick check-in. Are we talking about white people? Because we said we weren't going to talk about white people no more. Remember? We did. And then somehow... It all comes back to it them. Always comes back to, always comes because back there's to no that. way to there's there's no way not to. Which is why I must reiterate that my strategy is working. I've got a personal strategy, which is why. Remember, I said I look at this moment in time because we're going through a global, the pandemic. You know, we've got the health pandemic going on. This is such a unique time in history. The health pandemic and we have an epidemic of overt racism in America okay and I'm saying epidemic some people say we're having a pandemic of racism but I think of pandemic as being global across the world and then an epidemic is like infectious in a local area so we're living through an an epidemic of overt racism in America and a global health pandemic. So this is like a unique time. So nobody has any um, manual on how to act. So what I've decided to do is using the international uh, travel metaphor, I have really closed my borders to white people. Mm -hmm. I said that I've closed my borders to white people. And now it's a global reset, just like, Other countries close their borders to Americans, and then to get in now, we got to have some paperwork to um, show that we're all clean and clear. So I'm doing the same system with white folks, right? And the only that get to come back in with the passport and a personal visa that I'm, you know, because now it is time to join forces with like-minded people. Yes, and get busy and like-minded. It's not skin color, okay? We've got to know that, I mean, because we saw that at the public Republican convention. So when you got that big old stereotype that all black people do this and all black people do that, get your mind right, and all white people are this way and all white people are that way, get your mind right. It's the, the white supremacist system that we are all fighting. Right, So change has come because we've we've made a shift. Change is here. Change is now. And so it really is how we adjust our mind and align our forces for the war. And the war is, uh, uh, and I love my textbook, war, the art of war, Sun Tzu, no bloodshed, infiltrate, infiltrate. Listen. In order for change to happen, and I agree with you, we need to be aligned with like, like-minded like people. With that said, I think that the... I'm unsure how... white people how many white people out there are like-minded? You mean how many white people are like-minded? Like-minded in the quest for this change. Oh, as anti-racist? Yes. Anti-racist. Not I don't see color. Oh, this is unfortunate. Oh, that's so sad. I'm talking about anti racist like mine. Well, girl, I'm going to tell you there's a movement. And I'm really Im- involved and in kind of in the trenches with with movements. I mean, I'll call out the South Sound Anti-Racist Project that started just a few, they started last year, they just celebrated their one year anniversary and um, started with just double digits uh, of members. And now they're a couple hundred, I think, is that it's a space that white people created for themselves to um, come forward and figure out how to do the work. Yeah, because this, we've said it before, this is why people work. This is not our work. This is why people work. And it's not our place or space to tell you what to do, but it's about time you step up and figure out where the gaps have been and where the learning must be. You know, and, and huh? I think this what's going to happen. What's going to happen? We in the 253. Let's just... um our chances of running into like-minded white people in the anti-racist it's high. is high. It's high. Yep. Now you go to Mississippi, Alabama. Yeah, down there in the deep south. You know Louisiana, Beach Country. And you tell me how many you gonna find. So this is what's gonna happen. Mark my words on this. There's going to be, because change is going to happen, but it's not going to happen fluently and there is going to be a revolution. Mm -hmm. Because places like the South that are so deep-seated into the heritage there's going to have to be some conflict. Yeah, because there's got to be a reckoning. There'll be a reckoning. They will not go willingly. You understand? hmm And so... And the person that's in the White House will be the main um agitator. Well, if, and... They, if he leaves. This is why... Oh, he gonna leave. He will leave. That's another thing about change will come. Change is here. He's gonna leave. Now, if he stays in there, if he gets voted back in, can't do nothing about that. But let me tell you what, if he gets voted back in, that conflict's coming sooner versus later. Yeah. And it's coming, it will be broader because he will resist. Well, see, that's what I found interesting, too, watching that convention, is that the things about the law and order and everything that he was speaking on, and all the footage and and violence and stuff that he was lifting up as examples, these are all things that are happening under his watch. And that's what was so, so hypocritical. Yeah, that's the hypocrisy part of it. And and I really hope that people were catching that, you know, because as I was watching it in real time, I'm like, "What you talking about, Willis? You know, you the president, of the, United <laughs> you're the president States. of the United States. This is happening on your watch. This is you the one that brought in uh, the uh, military to to um, to to harm your own people. You know, military force on your own people." So, uh, yeah, it's the critical questioning that America must strengthen our muscles in our critical and strategic questioning and not be so gullible in terms of what it is that we're seeing. And there was a whole lot of gaslighting going on as well. And that is something that we have to, again, psychologically, they're really testing our minds, people. And so we have to pay attention and, um, you know, and be awake. What I appreciated is that there are some people again you actually people that know us know that we are not these political animals that really give a damn about whatever party you are. So don't even try to tie us to this mess. This is our observations. Again, it's just that you got to see what you see. Like we would say, what do we say at home, girl? Fat, what do we say? Fat meat is is greasy. greasy. Yes. (laughs) Fat meat is greasy. You are seeing what you see. And that's why we've got to talk about the power of the vote. We've got to talk about the importance of paying attention to the elections. So when we come back from break, sister, I just want to... I want to talk about one local race that has got me so curious it's the pierce county executive and the pierce county executive race and they have it has turned super interesting and i got a little tea to spill so um yeah when we come back i'll talk about it all right all right
0: Hello, this is Eric Hanberg, host of the Channel 253 podcast, We Art Tacoma. Tacoma and Pierce County's restaurant scene just keeps getting better and better. You can eat at a great local establishment every day of the month and never have to repeat yourself. So if you love to dine local, then here's my challenge to you. Put your money where your mouth is and bank locally too, with Pierce County's local choice, TAPCO Credit Union. And yes, that is the corniest segue I've ever said. But it's nevertheless true you can also choose to keep your money local. TAPCO is committed to serving Tacoma and Pierce County, just like Channel 253. TAPCO offers the services and programs you need, home loans, auto loans, checking and savings, online and mobile banking, all with lower fees and better rates than the big guys. Plus, you get the knowledge that you're keeping your money right here with a credit union that supports the community you live in. To learn more about our local choice for money, visit tapcocu.org. My thanks to TAPCO for their support of this podcast and Channel 253.
1: Welcome back, listeners. Audrey and I are just chopping it up over all things change because we have accepted, internalized the fact that change is here. And with that understanding of change being here, that means that we have to Uh, move with the flow and the way that we live and the way that we operate is different because this whole environment is different. So, so Well, and once I embrace that, you know, when you talk about change with the flow, once I embrace the changes here and that it's fluid, it's ever-changing as we're going through it day by day, moment by moment, every time something happens. I mean, look at Look at all the things that have just happened this week, yeah. you know? Um, yeah, can we have a, uh, say his name to uh, Jacob Blake? Absolutely. Say his name. Jacob Blake, rest in Jacob heavenly Blake. peace. And Kenosha, Wisconsin Police Department. What the frick, freck and everything well, that dead. is going on with you? What he dead. He's not I'm dead. I'm sorry. Oh, 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 God. No. You Okay, wait. Let me take that back. Jacob Blake, I'm sorry for your injuries. But you see how you see how quick I went to dead? Well, girl, because that's the way it normally turns out. Yeah, I I'm, I'm is, so sorry. This is a miracle. It's okay. This is a miracle, okay? And and yeah, it it it, it and I believe that it is a sign. There is a reason that young man is still alive. Yes, he's gonna go tell it on the mountain. The world There is a reason that that young man is still alive, and it shall be revealed along the way. Yep, and yep. we'll all go. Ah, yep. It's part of his testimony. Because that was close range. That was close range shooting. Getting shot seven times in the back at very close range. And living to tell about it. And live to tell about it. That is a miracle. So that young man, thank God he's still alive. Girl, And you know, they they had him uh, handcuffed to the bed yesterday. He's handcuffed to the bed. Where he going to go? Well, not anymore. Not anymore. Now that, you know, people started complaining. But they had him handcuffed to the bed. Like, where he going to go? He's paralyzed. Well, that's, hey, because that's protocol. And that Kenosha uh, police chief, that's a racist person right there. A- MF? AF? Oh, AF. AF. A-F. A-F. Uh-huh. And I don't know if you've seen it, but there's some um, there is some footage of him in 2018 talking about um, there were five five robbery suspects that had been arrested there, and then he's talking about you know people like this we need to just lock them up and put them in a compound you can't save them and I mean he is all there. And then yesterday, he had the nerve to say he's, he still hasn't seen the footage of uh, Jacob, of the shooting of Jacob. He hadn't seen it? Uh-huh. Well, then his ass should be fired. Yes. Yeah, he said he hadn't seen what, it. What yet. kind of job is he doing? If he if the whole world has seen it, and you ain't seen it, and you in charge of stuff, then then what you doing? You this, is do. <laughs> huh? this, this, this is how they do. Huh? This is how they do. And let me tell you, let me just bring this up real quick cuz this is something that happened this week as well. And it is the 17-year-old white boy. Oh yes, yes. That killed militia boy, I'm calling him militia boy. That went down there with the AR15 slung across his shoulder. Chit chatting with the police. They're giving him water. Oh, he's just you know, I'm. He's talking about I'm here to um, protect some property, some gas station or something. But anyway, they're they got ch- open carry laws like that. You can what? have a machine gun. I guess he wasn't the only one. There were some other white men out there with them, the militia. And anyway, so this young man wound up shooting three people. Yeah. Two died. God rest their souls. And then one survived, I guess, with a hole in his arm. But after he shot those people, listen to this. And there's video. Uh Uh-huh. He just walked. We're making this up. After he shot those people, and the crowd is going after him because he's running away. That's how it all started. And then he, with this AR 15 slung across his shoulder, he's already killed those people. He's going towards police. You can see them in that, you know, big old tank thing that they drive. He's going towards police with his hands up. And they just waving and talking to him. And let him go by. And he took his ass home. He's not even from uh, Kenosha, wherever he's from, about 15 miles away. He took his ass home. And then they wound up arresting him the next day but how does that happen because it's two justice systems that's why there's the system is in unequal and that's the evidence of injustice and i feel like that the more that we lift it up the more that we keep talking the more that people see just think about when we started talking about this, when we even first recorded, like, Doug, how long we've been on the air now? Like two years? Are we are we coming up here? Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: I'm not quite sure, actually. It's it's we're we're, we're getting we're getting on.
1: We recorded our um, introduction and it said in pursuit of an anti-racist community. So yeah. um, we've been on from the day we hit the microphone. And look how many people have died since then. You know, how many brothers have been shot in the back? Again, I'm just going to call it back to center, back to the 253, as far as our vote is concerned, because we got this election coming up, and I need us to get into some good trouble, okay? In, in the uh, name and heart and spirit of Congressman John Lewis that passed away, and that was his recently, and that's his favorite thing, do some good trouble. We have to keep our eyes on our election. And I'm really concerned about the Pierce County Executive election. That's the one that's got me um, on fire. And uh, I actually, uh, I didn't even consult you on this, sister, so I'm sorry. I sent, a, uh, I sent an email to the Pierce County Executive's office, and also to the, the challenger person, because I just want to know if they are anti-racist, mm-hmm. period. Okay this is this, this will be the CEO of our county, you know, and we live in this county, and I think that we should be asking these questions of, um, of all of our elected officials, but locally, I feel like we need to hear from the uh, the people that are seeking to be the CEO yes. of, of our county. so I said and anybody it, who has trouble. Anybody who has trouble answering that question straightforwardly, who doesn't just say yes, that's a problem. Yep. If you got a framework it around, just like people who can't say Black Lives Matter and gotta go into all lives matter, and well, I believe that I ain't asked you all that. That's right. So tell me more about why are you concerned about Pierce County executive elections? Well, I'm just going to say that. I saw this like tweet thing that the Pierce County executive um, put out and it really got me. It it got, it, it it got me feeling some kind of way it. it, Let me see if I could find it. It, um he said just a second. Um you could slow me down here for a second. Okay, here it is. He said um, there's a statement, his name is Bruce Dahmeyer, the current uh Pierce County executive. Statement okay. from Bruce Dahmeyer. You may have seen that a former staffer of mine covering criminal justice issues is supporting my opponent who wants to defund our police. It became clear to me some time ago she had her own political agenda and that my vision for Pierce County was of minimal importance to her. Let me be clear, I oppose defunding our police. We've been working on criminal justice reforms that I expect will be presented to our county council in early September. I look forward to sharing those with you as soon as they are finalized. And then it's his name. And when I saw that, I'm like, why is a um, public official weird talking about a, a staffer? This some HR business, don't you think? So why how does the HR. business get out into the um, to the general community? And Thanks. then, okay girl, let me go further because yeah, I got a little tea. Then, you know I know people, right? Yeah. And so I did a little sleuthing, and I figured out who he was talking about. Oh, uh-huh. I know the person now. So there is a connection, and then that's when I started to think, "Oh my God, okay," because I know this person as a uh, as a good person with a good heart. You know, been mm-hmm. in the anti racist struggle for ever and ever, and and in the years fighting for justice. So, um, it, it's like firsthand information meeting uh, propaganda in you know. In open source, and so then it was like, well, that's weird. You know, that feels really weird. So now it's like it's at the it's it's at um, at least in my activist understanding, it's like if you've got to go after somebody, but you're not really yes. saying their name. I mean, <clears throat> I feel like if you're going to be open. I feel like if you're opening yourself up for libel and slander, I mean, that's well, what this like that. <laughs> What kind of my question first of all is what kind of leader would do that? Yeah, you don't have to do that. I mean, and and that's and and took it public. Took it public. It was in a tweet. So what okay. I did, girl, was I um, I just sent him, a, a, and also to the challenger. The challenger is Larry Sequest and this person, Bruce Dahlmeyer. And I invited them both to come talk to us because <clears throat> I want to know if they're anti-racist. And I think the 253 needs to know if they are anti-racist. and And let's talk about defunding the police. So if both of them have some ideas, then they need to talk about it out in the open. But don't just be putting that on the back of a citizen. You know, that's an HR matter. How would your HR people even let you get out the door with that? But then that's a little, maybe that's the same as having the uh, Republican convention in front of the White House. I mean, you know, you just got to draw the lines and do whatever you want to do. But I don't like that. I don't like that that is uh, poor leadership 101. You just don't do that. And then the other thing I didn't like about that statement is, let me be clear, I do not support defunding the police. Okay. Well, let us be clear. We all deserve some type of conversation about some solution, including defunding. Yeah. So you don't just get to I don't like that yeah that hardline stance stance from someone in in power. I don't like that. Oh it feels like Mass' is talking to us. Exactly. That's what it feels like. Mass said. you know Mass said we're not defunding the police, therefore it's not gonna happen. y'all better listen to me. Because me? I said so. I don't okay. like that. I don't like that either. We all deserve a conversation. And we, so- everybody deserves a conversation. Everybody deserves input. Yeah. And so I'm not saying that um, I support defunding the police. I, I'm not. Because I'm not going to. I don't gonna- know been some damn semantics. Right. Okay. Defund, fund. A box of semantics. Right. Defund the police. No. Somebody made that shit up and now we all just running with it. Yeah, yeah, We're talking about you know. how resources are allocated. That's what we're yeah. talking about. At the end of the day, there is police brutality all across the world. And it happened in Tacoma. It happens in Tacoma. And Your just county by the way, let's continue to seek justice for him. You know, his family is going to file a $20 million lawsuit. Oh, did you say Manny's family? The Ellis family? Yeah, rest in peace, Manny. Um, So let me just get back to this. This is like an open call. I sent an invitation to Bruce Dallmeyer and to Larry Sequist to uh, talk to us on What Say You? Because we want to talk about what our listeners care about and what's true to our platform. So we don't want to get it twisted. We are in pursuit of an anti-racist community. So we want to know from our Pierce County executive candidates that are, and the current one that sits there, but is seeking re-election, are you anti-racist? We want you to come on our show and we want you to talk about that. And um, we're not trying to get in no political trick bag, Republican or Democrat. We're sticking to the issues. Are you anti-racist? But Mr. Darmeyer, I'm disappointed in you as my current Pierce County executive that you would take an HR matter to the streets. That don't sound like stunned. good leadership at all, and that's I'm just stunned. coming from a leadership perspective. And you leadership. know what? I'm stunned, and I know I'm that I'm, I'm sitting on my perch at, on, in my house, and I you know I don't know all the goings on, and 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 all of that in the in the backgrounds and upper, upper echelons and all of that but at the end of the day i do know leadership yep and i do know that you don't do that that's not what we do we, we need better we we definitely that's messy, that's messy. We, yeah oh that <laughs> that is you, the ultimate of messy <clears throat> and this is the and other if you thing. come on the show i'm gonna tell you it's messy yeah, we're gonna just talk to you real. We ain't we we're just we just gonna have real talk. And that's the thing. I hope that they both well, Mr. Sequest, I can already say that Mr. Sequest has confirmed that he will um be a part of whatever that we want to talk about. And, oh, good. and I've been very clear. We wanna talk about I want you to answer directly. Are you anti-racist? And he says, I'll be willing to do that. And so like let's have that conversation. We really need to, and we'll be able to model to our community that we can have these kind of conversations. All right, this is not personal. You're asking for our vote and we want to be informed voters. So let's have a conversation about that piece. And it's And we need to know we need to know who we're voting for. Exactly. Who are we voting for and this statement right here made me um really take pause because i wanted to know like why why are you doing that yeah i mean this is this is if electing that person in the white house didn't show anything else it does show why character is important yep politicians yep Elected officials, character. Now, the people, a lot of people said they voted for that person because of the policies and they were able to put aside, you know, all that other stuff and look where we are. No, character is a part of it. And yes, we know that the, the uh, politics is a game. And there is, you know, corruption. The playbook. And then we also know we have seen the highest pinnacle of character in a politician, and that would be President Obama. Obama.
0: And Let's we have tell. now
1: seen. We have now seen the lowest. Yes. We have now seen the lowest. And the difference between the two came out in in what they've done. Actions. In their actions, okay? So it makes a difference who we're voting for. Oh my gosh. Not just what. And if you're voting for... This is why I say changes here because we got to vote for everybody, not just ourselves. Right. You know what I mean? What's best for all, not just me? Just like wearing a mask. You wear a mask to just like wearing a mask. We are each contributing to the health of this society when we wear a mask. Yep. And still you have those ignorant ones out there. They just crack me up. I'd be like, man. Okay, well, look at the, what happened at the convention when you had the thousands of people out there not wearing masks. Girl. Okay, a blatant dis, a blatant display to America. I oh. don't care that at this point over, you know, and that was really a stark thing is that when, uh, when I was watching the, the Democratic Convention, and I believe when Michelle taped her message, she was saying over 150,000 people had died. That was just not but a few weeks ago. And now in, in, this, in this just a few weeks forward, over 180,000, and it might be 85,000 now, um, Americans have died as a result of this virus, and we still can't get our leaders to... Um, to, to be unified and respectful in, you know, in leading the way. So what, I'm going to just. What comes, what came out of, what came out of their mouths at the convention was his mouth, which I mean, girl, I was up in here cracking up. Literally I was laughing because this was so laughable. He's saying as he's talking to a crowd Shoulder to shoulder, so not no physical distancing, social distancing whatsoever. to a crowd that has no, not wearing face masks. He's saying that what he did and what his administration does is they follow the science, they follow the facts, they listen, they listen to the experts. That's what <laughs> come out of his girl. That's why you gotta pay attention. You oh have my to god! So I was like, know. really? You don't oh. keep on this. And and here's another. I favorite. was like, dude, you told people to drink bleach. I know. <laughs> think we forgot. Yeah. not let your memory. I mean, everyone has to pay attention, and you have to be active. And here's my new metaphor for the activism. I'm just I'm just so full of metaphors. This. Oh. Jeez, uh, but anyway take a look at it now we have gonna go back to the viruses right and so we've got the pandemic and you've got the health virus and it's spreading and they're saying oh my god we're waiting for this vaccine we need a vaccine we need a vaccine now for this race overt racism epidemic we are the vaccine yes we are oh you go girl oh man we are the vaccine friends we when are. We, when we get our minds together and our hearts, I'm calling it when our psyche and our soul align as a community, we are the vaccine. So that means that we have really got to strengthen our mental muscles, we have to strengthen our service heart. Because we have to get out there to battle. And the battle is speaking truth, calling truth. You know, when it's questioned, because again, when we speak about truth, everybody has their own. Yes. And it is really important that we understand that everyone has their own truth. So it is not our position to deny your truth. But if you want to defend your truth, then let's have some honest dialogue, right? Let's talk about it. We don't have to be, we don't have to be mean to one another. We ain't gotta cuss each other out. We don't have to call each other names. These are all of the things that that are that's happening um, by our current leadership. That what breaks my heart, sister, is this is what our children are seeing. This is what our babies are taking in. My God, what do their parents, you know, what kind of, um, what is that, what kind of mediation or interventions uh. do the parents have to go through to, to say, what do you say? Okay, baby, that that's the... That person is president, but never mind now that he- I Tell president. my kids, and this is probably why I don't have any, that person's a jackass. We ain't looking at him. <laughs> That's what you would tell your kids? That's what I would tell my kids. Now, we ain't looking If Jayleen was little right now, uh-uh, baby, we ain't looking at him. He's stupid. <laughs> stupid. You know how when uh, when Lee was little, uh, it, President Obama was president? That's right. And so we taught her about President Obama, Michelle, Malia, uh, Sasha Malia. They lived in the White House. Uh, Obama was president. Michelle was first lady. So we she knew all that, right? So every time she'd see him on TV, Obama. We'd be in the grocery store, they'd be on a magazine cover, Sasha, Malia. You know, we'd be like, yes. That's president. Girl, it's a good thing she got no baby now. Well, but and it's a good thing that she's 13 now. Cause she she gets her it. Own, she discerns in her own way. She sees it. She knows it. We've ingrained it in her. With that said, let me tell you what, um, so what you said, what do what do uh, parents telling their children? Parents telling their kids. Well, Mel, there's a faction of parents out there. Who are perpetuating this racist society? Yep, in their children. Yeah, I know. Their young children. It is that to me is the saddest part. It's not the external force. It's the internal. It's right. the generational racism that is passed on. Yes, I know, sis. And so part of the struggle, the art of war, no bloodshed, infiltrate, learn the enemy secrets, win the hearts of the people, is like, for example, I had an opportunity yesterday for activism when I'm speaking to um, a group of teachers, right? In professional development. So these group of all white teachers that I'm speaking to will have some of those children in their classroom that comes to school, comes from homes where the parent is um, perpetuating. But if you've got the teachers that got them for a good chunk of the day that can instill an alternate way, then at least in their hearts, right, they're going to be able to discern as they grow older, that there is a different way. So it's not the only thing going in their mind. And so if you put them, if they're gonna be white, that's why I'm saying again, it's white people's work. We've gotta reach the white people and I'm down for working with white people that have the like minds that we are in this revolution of consciousness together, right, because all of us come from in many different ways, um, oppression. So if we join hands and work together, then those, um, I see you, those that are uh, uh, teaching their kids a certain way, at least they'll have a defense when they come out into the world with the bus drivers and the teachers and all of that. I'm sorry. I just have a passion for what I'm saying. Thank you, Sister uh-huh. soldier. Uh-huh. I said, "Thank you, Sister Soldier." Okay, yeah, right on. Power and and I agree, and I agree with everything that you're saying. I'm being, you look, I'm, I'm making funny faces on the camera, but you're right, and I'm glad that um, you pointed that out because they will have those kids will have other exposure to people that can give them a different perspective. Yes, yes. Change comes to be. And that's why I'm really excited about being in the midst of this change. It's actually exciting. That's right. So we got to go. Yeah, I know. And so what we want to do is just inspire our um, listeners. Be aware that you're in the midst of the change. All right, Channel um, 253 listeners and beyond. Just know, we've got the election season coming up. Make sure that your vote is all good to go so that you're ready and then get somebody else registered, especially the young people, because change is is, is in the power of our hands. And we want to turn locally. And I hope that Bruce Dahmeyer says yes to my invitation and then we'll get him and Larry Sequest together and um, really go at ad- ad- understanding Why should we elect them to be the CEO of of our county? Are you anti-racial, period? Well, with that said, um, change is here. Let's all embrace it. Remember, we have the power. Together we can do it. Power to the people, sister. All power to the people. Until we talk next time and before we leave, I want to give, um, let's give a moment to Chadwick Boswick, who died yesterday, our Black Panther, at 43 years old. And with that said, let's drop the mic. Take care. See you next time. Boom. Thank you for listening to What Say You? If you have conversation ideas or want to follow up on what you heard, Please contact Melanie by email at Melanie at MissMelanie.com. M-E-L-A-N-N-I-E at M-I-S-S-M-E-L-A-N-N-I-E dot com.
0: Channel 253 is sponsored by Alaska Airlines. I'm Nate Bowling and I fly Alaska. To book your next trip, go to AlaskaAir.com. The What Say You podcast is part of the Channel 253 network. Check out our other shows, Nerd Farmer, Interchangeable White Ladies, Citizen Tacoma, Crossing Division,
1: Flounder's B-Team, and We Art Tacoma. This is Channel 253.